0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What does innovation sound like? It sounds like the luxury of being in the moment with your customer, client, or patient. It sounds like having the right information right when you need it. It sounds like being at your best for your customers and your business. Thanks to Highland's intelligent content solutions that improve digital processes, innovators everywhere are able to do their thing better, whatever that thing is. Now, who doesn't like the sound of that? Highland. For innovators everywhere, visit highland.com.
0: Coming up, three things to watch during Vikings-Titans joint practice, plus the biggest risers and fallers on the depth charts all coming up next on the Minnesota. Football party, locked on sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices
1: of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party.
0: Back in the lab, another edition. Football party, lockdown sports Minnesota network. This is your daily breakdown of everything Minnesota Vikings. See that? That's Sam Ekstrom. He's on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom. He's the co-host of the Ron Johnson show every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Sam, when it comes to Vikings training camp, you know, if this was Canterbury Park, we'd be entering the final stretch around the bend. Here they come, Mm -hmm. just four practices left. Uh, Give us your. Give us a little quick horse racing announcer voice. You got one in there? Around the bend they come. It's Rager and Powell, neck and neck. Who's it gonna be? Hold your tickets. You're better at it than I am. I know you
1: can into one. the final furlong. Ken A Wangwu had the lead. Oh, he
0: <laughs> he comes up lame. Oh
1: man. He come... I had a good rhythm there and I lost it. Here comes Ty Chandler on the outside. Dwayne McBride fading. Abram Smith out of nowhere but it's going to be Ty Chandler hitting the line in front.
0: Hold your tickets. Hold your tickets. We got a photo finish. Hey, PA's quick never had
1: a coughing fit like that.
0: Uh, I'll tell you what quick sidebar. First of all, props to you. That was phenomenal. But man, if you're in the general twin cities area and if you haven't made it out to Canterbury yet, just to listen to PA call those horse races, man, worth the price of admission alone. Do yourself a favor. Go check that out before the uh, summer ends. Uh, back to it here, Sam. Let's reel it back in. 14 practices on paper heading in. Two have been rained out. We got four left. Two with the Titans, two with the Cardinals. And that's all she wrote for training camp 2023. I guess my quick question, just to open here. What's been the biggest surprise or biggest difference, right, from practice one to where we're at now? Because you've been out there every day, so no one knows this stuff better than you.
1: Yeah, uh, I think the the rotations – have actually gotten almost more diverse Mm. as camps gone on. It seemed like that first week, things were a little bit more locked in even than they are now. And injuries have played, I think a bigger role in this camp than maybe uh, the past couple of camps. There've been a lot of them, Luke and a lot of bubble guys too have been, have been banged up and it's caused some upheaval in this depth chart. It's actually, I think harder to track who's really in control Because you don't know, okay, have they just been elevated because of injury or have they been elevated because of their performance? And that's what we don't know. So I'll be honest with you. I might even be more confused now than I was when camp started about who's going to make this team. And of course, the games themselves play a big role in that evaluation. So now we've got one game under our belt. We've made some impressions, two more games to go, two joint practices to go. So really, most of the evaluation stuff is still out in front of us. We've got four joint practices, two games. Those are some big moments for all the guys on this roster. And, of course, injury is still a factor with several of these guys opening doors for some younger players or some bubble guys. So while I've seen a lot of football thus far, I still think that the most important stuff is still ahead of us.
0: That's a really good point there, Sam. We don't know. It's tough to decipher. Okay, is this just a sub package or a new wrinkle? That's why Josh Metellus and Ivan Pace are out here. Or are these guys actually trying to supplant themselves and leapfrog another guy into this actual rotation and depth chart? And I would imagine, too, you're not going to see any starters or at least the heavy majority, right, will be sitting those preseason games, right, these last two versus the Titans and Cardinals. So, These joint practices really are the first team guys' last opportunity to go out there and get some real live reps versus another team before the regular season, before week one at the bank versus the Bucks. So when you think about it like that, This is going to be a huge measuring tool to really find out where this team is in certain categories and phases of the game. Titans joint practices start tomorrow. That would be August 16th and 17th. Then you got preseason game number two. That's on Saturday, 7 p.m. kickoff. Then you get those few days of rest following that. And then, next week, it's same thing. It's copy-paste. Wednesday, Thursday, Arizona Cardinals are in town. Wrap up training camp, those final two practices. Game three on Saturday at the bank. That's a noon kickoff this time to wrap things up before Kwesi and KOC, they got to make their final cutdowns and trim mm-hmm. this whole thing down to just 53 guys. All right, coming up. going to give you three big things to watch for at joint practices, plus which guys are rising, which guys are falling up and down the depth chart. But first, quick reminder, don't forget this episode brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. All right, Sam, let's each knock out three things we're just most intrigued or excited to watch when the Tennessee Titans roll into town tomorrow, but First, let me take a step back. Let me just ask you this. What do you remember most about the Niners coming into town for these joint practices from last year? Like, what sticked out to you as far as just specific memory, a splash play, or just maybe the overall vibe and mood or the big takeaways from the week? And I ask, because maybe it will help glean some info for fans as far as what to expect this time around.
1: Yeah, so I remember Trey Lance on the first half of the first day Like being unbelievable. His the effortlessness that he threw the ball with was extraordinary. He is a cannon. I don't think he's really been able to unleash it on the league at all. But he was really impressive. I was texting my California buddies saying, look out. I think you've got a player here. And then I thought he came back to earth a little bit as the two days went on and obviously never really got his feet under him in the regular season. But for a minute there, I was really pumped about Trey Lance. I remember Kirk Cousins got really fired up and might have sworn um, at the 49ers, which is very out of character for Kirk. Adam Thielen got really fired up, uh, got in a little tussle. I remember that. Smack I talk. remember
0: that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Thielen was, was feeling
0: it. I remember from those two days, sorry to interrupt you, I just remember KOC made a big thing about, hey, I want to make it clear, nobody goes overboard here. If you go overboard or throw a punch, you're out, you're done, you're gone for the day. And I remember even after that, even after he established these rules and guidelines, there was still some big scuffles like there always is. I mean... You got the dog days of summer, finally some new competition that isn't your own teammates for once. Guys are getting chippy. You got Brock Lesnar's suplex and third string interior lineman, Sam. I mean, you never know, but multiple scuffles. And I remember a lot of them revolved around Chris Boyd on special teams. And then I just remember Thielen and Bradbury. They were getting really ticked off because the Niners Mm -hmm. kept whether it was on you know, accident or purpose, I don't know, but kept bringing ball carriers all the way to the ground, which is a big no, obviously. Can't do that. So. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, that, that yeah. does jog my memory. I remember there were a lot of hits that brought a guy to the ground, which is obviously a big no-no. Um, that That's, yeah, good memory on your part. And special teams you mentioned. I remember watching this up close, and this is where it got really heated, gunning drills. Think Ooh. about mm. putting your gunner, Against the jammer and doing live punt gunning drills against a, a guy from the opponent that you don't like on a hot day that got heated because there's so much jostling and pushing and shoving and holding and you're going full speed yeah that got that was actually one of the more interesting sessions I remember from last year uh, it was a good it was a good two days I think the Niners were missing a couple stars if I'm not mistaken Garoppolo was out Bosa I think was out maybe Kittle. So it wasn't as star-studded as it could have been, but that was still a good test and a quality team. And I'm sure somewhere on the far field, Brock Purdy was flying under the radar. That's the guy we should have been watching, Luke.
0: Yeah, no kidding. I I do remember Bosa clips on Twitter. So he maybe missed one day, but definitely practiced another because I remember everybody said on Twitter, Bosa had three or four or five sacks today, but then you'd see the clips on Twitter and it'd be like, okay, in a real game, They're probably not going to try to block him one-on-one without any help, with Mm -hmm. no chip or no extra tight end. So how realistic is this? And then the other big thing, I think it was Peter King was there. Somebody from a big media or outlet was there. But he was the guy who kind of started this whole Christian Darisaw, right? The second-year kid from Virginia Tech, first-round tackle. He was hurt last year. He's looking like Trent Williams, 2.0 again I think it was Peter King thinking about your time watching the Niners look in your crystal ball now and tell me what the big storyline will be when these two days are over with the Titans for the Vikings specifically Mm -hmm.
1: well you think Mike Vrabel and you think running the ball in defense you think about physicality so I guess I would expect more physicality and particularly in the trenches. There's going to be some good tests. And we alluded to this on the football party yesterday with Luke Braun and Arif Hasan. Uh, Not only is Jeffrey Simmons on that interior, but don't sleep on Thierry Tart. Thierry Tart, big nose tackle, number 93. He's entering a contract year. He's a, a a big, ugly that a lot of people don't know about, but he's a quality player for Tennessee. And then Danico Autry on the other side in their 3 4. Uh, the interior line is going to be tested. Ed Ingram, Garrett Bradbury, Ezra Cleveland. I mean, aren't they really one of the biggest question marks about this Vikings offense? you love the offense with the exception of the protection. And when they don't change anything from last year's offensive line that allowed the most quarterback hits in the league, they are sending the message that we are so confident you're going to improve that we're not going to touch this group. We think that another year together is enough. Okay, prove it. Prove it, Ed Ingram. I'm not sure he showed that in the first preseason game. He was playing next to backups. Okay, we'll give him a pass. Now you're going to play next to Brian O'Neill, who's going through uh, 11 on 11s Now you're playing next to Garrett Bradbury. Okay, so no excuses now. Interior offensive lines got to get the job done against a really tough Titans group. Uh, that that you know, f- I'm not sure about their edge rushing as much. I'm not sure Harold Landry and Arden Key are a tremendous duo, but they're solid right? So that group's going to have to hold up. That's probably where my eyes go first. It's not necessarily a star-studded Titans roster, but you got some big names on the offensive side of the ball too with uh, DeAndre Hopkins and Derrick Henry.
0: I want to touch on that Titans defensive tackle rotation and the test that's going to be put on this interior. Let me take a step back and I think, all right, everyone's going to gush about JJ. And I'm talking about the national media now, like the Peter Kings of the world. We, the local media, we'd, we gush about JJ every day. So that's not a new thing. Yeah. I think the next hot topic or big storyline national wise, right? Like the Florios and whatnot. I think it's either going to be a Jordan Addison looks legit. He's the real deal. This passing game's going to cook with all these weapons or B, I think everybody's going to go nuts about Brian Flores. This dude's a mad scientist. This defense looks drastically improved. Those would be my two guesses for the A topic, right? The big storyline. Because you're not tackling anyone. So I don't think it's going to be odds-on anyways, Madison or maybe Chandler. JJ is definitely, I mean, he's not played out, but he's just the easy default answer. Um, so that's kind of my one prediction. You already gave one as well. Give me another prediction or just something you are look forward to or maybe seeing a matchup you can't wait to watch. Anything you've got on your mind about Vikings, Titans, joint practices this week.
1: Yeah, let's see how the secondary does, right? Mm-hmm. If, if the offensive line is the big offensive question, then the secondary is the clear defensive question. Uh, we didn't see Byron Murphy in the first preseason game, so now that he's going to be lined up against D-Hop, his former teammate from Arizona, uh, how's that going to go? And then opposite of him, okay, maybe Murphy is shutting down Hopkins. Well, well, how is Caleb Evans going to do against Traylon Burks? It, it's not a fantastic uh, Titans receiving core Luke. I mean, beyond Deandre Hopkins, I'm not sure that you are like enamored by their, their two and certainly their three and four. In fact, beyond Traylon Burks, there's, there's not a lot of star power there. So this is a group that I think it's, it's probably a good doppelganger. If you can hold up against the Titans. Okay, good. You've passed your first test. Now let's see how you do against the next, uh, the next group. And, uh, Andrew Booth jr. Needs these reps, right? He barely got any reps last year because he was hurt. Caleb Evans needs these reps. So many of these guys in the secondary have had so few reps at the, at the NFL level. And then, of course, the safeties, too. You know, Lewis Seen, he's got to uh, get plenty of practice as well after getting hurt in week four last year. So I'm, I'm obviously looking at the secondary, seeing how they hold up against one star in Hopkins and then a, a, another group that's plucky, maybe not as uh, star-driven as you might see across the league.
0: How many reps do you think Byron Murphy and DeAndre Hopkins have against one another back from their Arizona days? I mean, what are we at 500 reps? I mean, those two, they have to know each other inside and out, their tendencies, the nuances of their game, their habits, their good habits, their bad habits, all that stuff. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Uh, Your first original one. I want to touch back on Titans, defensive tackles versus interior. i mentioned it kind of yesterday too, on the football party. Okay. This is the way my mind works. Okay. If this is only practice, I want these guys to face the best competition possible just as a litmus test, just to see where we stand against the best of the best. And, you know, in the process of iron sharpens iron, we get better, then that's great too. But there was a guy coming out, 2019 draft class. I studied game after game of him. He was projected to be a top five pick before an ACL tear. That dropped his stock a little bit heading into draft Mm -hmm. weekend. And everybody knew just off the tape and the talent, this guy was an absolute game wrecker i mean close to a blue chip kind of prospect sure enough he's still on the board when the vikings are on the clock at pick 18 they select garrett bradbury which was fine by the way i personally i was jacked up about bradbury i thought he was going to be awesome for 10 12 years he'd be that anchor right in the middle of the line they needed if they were going to roll with kirk cousins that was the big thing hey you got this pure pocket guy he thrives on clean protection let's get him an anchor right in the middle with bradbury but sure enough One pick later, the Titans hand in the card. Jeffrey Simmons, defensive tackle, Mississippi State. Rest is history, man. Four years in the league, two Pro Bowls back-to-back the last two years, by the way. And he's racked up 21 sacks, 28 tackles for loss, and 46 quarterback hits. And this dude is an absolute monster in the middle of the defense. So, yeah, I can't wait to see Simmons – line up right over Garrett Bradbury and watch the 18th overall pick versus the 19th overall pick and just watch them go at it, mano-a-mano. And the hope is, you know, obviously, Toussaint Bradbury can learn a thing or two now before the regular season when these reps actually count. Can't wait for that. Do you remember that draft, by the way? We were both covering it What live at TCO, and after every pick, we'd We'd go sneak off to like the janitor's closet or something to live stream our analysis for zone coverage. Do you remember that? Oh, Um, yeah. That that was a great draft. I was geeked about that draft. A lot of people were hyped because it was Irv Smith in the second round, who, by the way, they did it again. The very next pick, pick 51, do you remember who it is? You know what I'm going to say? A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown, man. You could have walked out of there. With Jeffrey Simmons and A.J. Brown. I'm not talking about like trading up and mortgaging the future. No, just sitting where you're at. Just stay and put. Spielman, you don't need a wheel and deal. A.J. Brown and Jeffrey Simmons, man. That's why these drafts are so huge, man. Make or break your franchise. Mm -hmm. The future for the next five, six years. And you look at just what the Seahawks have done too. That's the easy example. The Seahawks post Russell Wilson. It's absolute insanity. They've crushed back to back drafts. Um, by the way, everybody's got the Niners to win the West. Give me the Hawks. Give me the Hawks and the value all day. I think I think the Hawks are gonna run the NFC West for the next two, three years. Wow. Um go ahead.
1: No, just wow. I mean, that's a that's a good take. It's yeah, a hot take. I, I like but the it's a value.
0: I really do. I mean, not to go too deep in the weeds is the Vikings show, but Niners, they're obviously going to still win double digits. But that quarterback situation, man, it just doesn't make you feel good. If you're putting your hard-earned money on a bet, you want to feel good about it. That Niners quarterback situation just doesn't make me feel good. All right, last one here. An observation or question? Third one, last one. Matchup you're looking forward to? Anything the most with this Titans-Vikings joint practices? Laid on me. What do you got?
1: Yeah, well, I don't know. It's it's hard to identify like what the matchup is with the Titans' running game versus the Vikings' front because you're not tackling Derrick Henry, and that's what I want to see. I want to see them try to tackle and stop a good running attack in Derrick Henry because what what's one of the big weaknesses of this defense going back the last three years? They tried Dalvin Tomlinson. They tried Michael Pierce. Even that wasn't enough to have a good rush defense. So can these corners... These nickels, these edges, can they t- help tackle with the perimeter run force and get these guys to the ground? Derek Henry is one of the last workhorses in this league. I'm not sure how to really judge, though, how the Vikings perform against him this week other than are they close to him when he reaches the line of scrimmage or is he just in wide open spaces? So it's a tough measuring stick to know really wh- how they're doing. I know they, the coaches have their ways, but the true test is going to be In the regular season with the live bullets, can they bring these big backs to the ground?
0: Yeah, I love that one, man. And we're all thinking it. We mentioned it yesterday. Ivan Pace meeting Derrick Henry in the hole. What is that, like a 78-pound difference? My third one, love that one, by the way. You know I'm a draft nerd. You remember all the hype, all the buzz around all these quarterbacks linked and connected to the Vikings during draft month. Which one's KOC going to take? Will Levis his name got brought up a ton, right? A lot of people connected those dots to the Vikings, mainly because everybody knew, all right, Bryce Young's going to be gone. CJ Stroud's going to be long gone. So it quickly became a conversation of, all right, Will Levis or our guy Hendon Hooker for weeks and weeks leading up to the draft. So, I just want to see Will Levis up close and personal and see him just spin it with my own two eyes one time just to see what Quasey potentially missed out on. He was only 9-14 of 14 versus the Bears. He had one interception, but I'll be honest, I watched a few plays. That ball was humming out of his hand, man. I know he's a big project, but I kind of liked what I saw. And then, of course, the guy on the other side, you want to see Jaron Hall. You want to see both rookie quarterbacks. What's he look like? A week after his first start is he able to continue to take steps forward continue the progression the development because at this point how young how far away he is from actually seeing any starting time or the field you just want to see every day keep moving forward just even if they're baby steps and i thought he looked mm-hmm. really poised versus the seahawks for his first professional start at quarterback but can he show that same consistency now it's a new opponent it's a new defense it's a new scheme those are the things you want to see as a coach I think and I think watching Levis and Hall on the same field sling it around is just going to be a fun eye test for sure same with the rookie running backs too a lot of people myself included had Dwayne McBride and Tajay Spears graded very close to one another so Spears ends up going in the third round McBride goes in the seventh two different style runners. But again, it's mm-hmm. the eye test to be able to watch these guys run the ball in person is always a little bit more educational than just watching the tape. Final thoughts, Titans, Viking scrimmage coming up these next two days. Anything? Before yeah, no, there,
1: there's going to be some intriguing quarterbacks that, that don't get a lot of run because you've got, mm. they, I assume that Willis is the two with the Titans based on the way the preseason game went for them. So that means Levis is the three and Jaron Hall is the clear three. So, I mean, it, it's worth keeping your eyes on the field at all times. You, it, a lot of times you might tune out when the third string is out there. Not not this week. You want to watch Levis. You want to watch Hall. And then both of them will get the chance to to carry over what they see in practice into the game. Whereas Kirk Cousins, he's probably going to do his work in practice and then shelve it on Saturday. But then Hall and Levis, they might be going against each other in the second half on Saturday. So that'll, that, again, reason to watch until the end of these preseason games that are otherwise pretty boring.
0: Yeah. Good point. Wednesday, Thursday, Titans, Vikes, joint practice, this guy, Sam Ekstrom, he's going to be out there all week long. You can find all his coverage right here up on the lockdown sports, Minnesota network. So another great reminder here too: subscribe to the YouTube page. If you haven't already. All right, coming up next. Who's rising? Who's falling on the next Vikings depth chart? But first, quick reminder don't forget we're presented by FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of Locked On, America's number one sports book, and official sports book partner of the NFL. Football season just weeks away. FanDuel's given you the chance to win all season long. Check this out right now when you bet on a Super Bowl winner. You can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every single victory. How great is that? And you can use these bonus bets on money lines, parlays, player props, over unders, you name it, they got it. Just for example, you want to bet on the Vikes 25 to 1 to win it all. Every time they win in the regular season, you're getting bonus bets back into your account the very next day. And just looking at the schedule, Sam, Fikes at home week one versus the Bucks. I like my chances to see those bonus bets back into my account Monday morning. Just download the easy-to-use FanDuel app. Get your winnings instantly. Go check it out, fanduel.com slash locked on, and start earning bonus bets back with America's number one sportsbook. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. All right, Sam. Plenty of buzz and excitement last week at this time when KOC unveiled his first depth chart of the 2023 season. Even though he warned us, hey, pop the brakes, take all this with a grain of salt, but just knowing what we know, seeing what we've seen off that trip to Seattle, I want one offensive and one defensive winner along with one offense and defensive loser. Let's start on offense. Which guy's stock is just moving up the depth chart next time around? Who you got?
1: It's gotta be the man of the hour. It's gotta be Ty Chandler, right? Ty Chandler buried at number three behind Kenne Wangwu. And I think Wangwu, he, he's in a tough spot because he's injured. He doesn't have a great track record to say that he definitely can do this stuff. I think he needs these reps just as much as Chandler. And Chandler's out here playing great and Wangwu is on the shelf, and that that's a tough situation for him to be in. So I think Chandler could definitely be vying for that number two distinction. Uh, KOC's asked him to be a little more consistent. And I I just think that Chandler, as a pure runner and a pass catcher and pass protector, has a little more to offer than Wangwu, Wu, who, again, probably a little more injury prone, might get beaten down a little bit if he's in a bigger role and hasn't shown the passing game prowess that we thought he might. Yes, in the open field, he's dangerous, but he's got to catch the ball. And to be in those positions, you have to prove you can pass protect. Well, Ty Chandler was one of their best pass protectors in that game on Thursday. So I'm I'm really liking Chandler's opportunity to move up to number two next time around.
0: Yeah, Ty Chandler, the A-topic, the big winner. Somebody had to say it. I watched some All-22 from Seattle. I got to say, I was really impressed with what Blake Brandle and Vidarian Lowe put on tape. Brandle making that switch to inside to guard. He was holding his own. Great anchor. Most impressively, though, Outstanding awareness and football IQ on the stunts, the blitzes, head on a swivel, constantly looking for extra work. And then Vidarian Lowe, you know, I haven't watched a ton of Vidarian Lowe. We haven't seen him out there in live reps, uh, what, it's been a year, right, since last preseason, more or less. His feet we so smooth out on an island, by the way, on a lot of those reps. Not an easy thing to ask for sometimes. And he held his own and more. I've already seen and heard great things from Brandel this offseason. So not a shocker to see him play as well as he did. But to see Vidarian low on tape for the first time and again, almost a year, just the massive step he looks like he's taken from year one to year two, really encouraging for the Vikings offensive line depth and the potential future lineup someday, maybe in 2025 and beyond. Who knows? All right, if there's a winner, it has got to be a loser. Whose stock is Mm -hmm. pointing down on the offensive depth chart next go around? What do you think?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. And and I think hard to pinpoint because your starters are pretty much locked in stone. So you got to look to the second, the third strings. Um, and you know, like Dwayne McBride, for instance, he's already at the bottom. So I don't think he can sink down too low. Rager and Powell were both very good. Um, so if anything, I don't know if Jalen Naylor is in some trouble. He's been listed with the twos. And Luke, we're going on three weeks now that he hasn't put on the field. Yeah. Clearly a setback and KOC addressed that. I think two days ago at his press conference talked about how it wasn't quite what they diagnosed at first. And that's, that's worrisome, right? If you've got a lower leg injury, that's taken longer to heal. Well, now we're talking about his prowess in the playbook. Just, just having the reps on the field with pads on all right. We haven't seen him in pads. Uh, All spring was pretty much non padded. First practice he participated in, non-padded. Games, obviously, he's not getting these game reps. So Jalen Naylor falling behind, I think he's obviously on the team, but could he be usurped as the wide receiver four? I think he's genuinely in a little bit of trouble.
0: That's a good point. I love where your head's at. This wide receiver group, I've said it before, is like the wild, wild west, man. I mean, it's an absolute showdown between like nine guys for maybe two spots at most. And we've all been really rooting for Thayer Thomas, friend of the show on the Ron Johnson show. I thought he did some good things in the passing game, man, but that muff punt, Mm -hmm. which I know is a special teams thing, but those might be the difference between making the team and not, and where you're at on the depth chart and your opportunities moving forward. And when you already got so many guys breathing down your neck, like Nikhil Harry, all of a sudden came out of nowhere, making some plays, Tristan Jackson's back on the field. Now he's healthy. Uh, Thayer Thomas' stock could be headed in the wrong direction just because of this loaded group of wideouts, unfortunately. All right, let's flip over to the defensive side of the ball. I'm going to make one caveat here. Ivan Pace Jr., off the board. It's got so much hype, so much heat around him right now. It's not even fair. So who else should be rising up the depth chart next go around defensively?
1: Well, you took the the favorite off the board there. That was cruel. That was minus
0: 700, Sam.
1: Who do I bump? Like, can I? Okay, well, let's just let's do a hot take. Can I bump Patrick Jones or DJ Wanham? I don't think this is going to show up on the depth chart, Luke. I think this would wait. This would happen on cut
0: day. I already like where you're going. You want to get Luigi Valene a little bit more airtime here, and I'm all for it. Get that man some love.
1: I'm team Luigi He's on my preseason fantasy team that has nothing to do with this, but he had four quarterback pressures, a strip sack in that game. I've been saying it all offseason. They kept him around for a reason. They redshirted him last year so he could be a part of this group. The pipeline's drying up. You've got three of your top four edge rushers with expiring contracts. It makes all the sense in the world that Luigi Valen is a contributor on this team. Pat Jones and DJ one of them have had their opportunities. Let's get some fresh blood in there. Luigi Valane deserves it. He should be a second stringer.
0: It makes me want to go back and look at Brian Flores' track record and success where he's been calling plays and developing talent on day three or undrafted edge rushers and see if there's a name or two in there that kind of just reminds you of maybe this role being carved out for Luigi Valen and maybe his path moving forward because you know Brian Flores' I mean, he's one of the best. He doesn't play politics. doesn't matter the name on the back of your jersey. The best 11 guys are going to get in on the field. That's just how it works. And he's going to find some wrinkles and sub packages for some other guys as well that he likes. Um, Luigi Villain definitely could be a guy, you're right, Sam, in the near future that ends up carving out a bigger role than I think we all imagine when he barely squeaked on the team last year uh, when they made their final cutdowns to 53. I think you look at this cornerback room, it's so young. So inexperienced. I just always assumed Joe Juan Williams had a leg up on a lot of these other guys. Just the fact alone, you've played four years. You've been in new England, no less under this Belichick scheme. Then to see him in live game action, put those instincts, the game awareness on tape. For me, it just cemented that he's in the mix for cornerback three and absolute worst case scenario. His floor should be cornerback four at the end of all this. By the time we get to week one, he's too good too experienced made some really savvy, smart veteran plays out there Saturday night. And if someone like Makai Blackman starts out the gate slow or struggles or someone like Evans gets banged up again like we saw last year, no doubt in my mind, Williams should be the next guy in line for that spot, in my opinion. So I think his stock is trending up. All right, how about somebody whose stock is headed down, Sam, who may fall on the next step chart defensively? Who you got?
1: Yeah, um you you took Ivan Pace off the board for the riser but you didn't say for the faller. So I can knock a Troy Die off or a Troy Reader off because I think Pace will replace them. I don't know which Troy is going to emerge. Uh Die is a big special teams guy. Reader is someone they they signed in the off season they liked. I don't think both make the team. I think one of them makes it, one of them falls and I I'm not sure who's in the lead in that regard, but I look at the way that they pass defended against the Seahawks and just in general are two very weak pass defending linebackers. I think that that one of you just can't have that. You can't have that in your linebacking core in this day and age in the NFL. One of them is going to get knocked off. So I'm fading linebackers named Troy, knock him down, send him down the list. Um, And also it's, I think it's funny that Ivan Pace is listed as your three, and there's not another three. They just go straight to four and <laughs> leave an open spot at three because they just don't Mind
0: like... games, man. Mind yeah, games. they're trying to put a season. chip on
1: uh, Wilson Huber's shoulder. Clearly. Yeah,
0: no no kidding. Uh, you asked me before training camp started, I said Troy Reader will beat out Troy Dye. You asked me now, stock down... It is Troy Reader, the worst PFF grade of the entire defense Saturday night. He's already been having a tough time between Ivan Pace going off and then Troy Dye kind of nudging him out. It feels like at practice for that last linebacker spot, more times than not in the rotation with the second team. So Reader's going to have a tough time making this roster, this Final 53, especially if he has another performance, anything like what we saw in seattle uh any final thoughts predictions someone else you want to mention when it comes to just future depth chart coming up here sam
1: yeah i don't think ross blacklock is going to last with the twos yeah that's kind of an easy one he's i mean and and he's there right now because jaquel and roy has been hurt
0: i don't think blacklock's going to be there at the end of the day does Nikhil Harry actually have a shot at this 53, Sam? I mean, we talked about it the day he got signed, right? We were on air with Hassan, Luke Braun. I said, no way. No, he's he's too far behind the eight ball, man. It, it's not anything personal or biased. It's just it, this thing is so hard to just absorb this offense on the fly, mm-hmm. no less. With nine other guys competing with you, Tristan Jackson's of the world, Blake Proles, Thayer Thomas, Garrett Mogg, Jacob Copeland, they signed as well. Sam, he made some plays, not only at the night scrimmage, but then under the bright lights in Seattle. Those are some big plays, man. Does he have a shot? What did it go from like 3% to 10? What would you say?
1: Yeah, 3% to 6. I, my, my caution is that I have seen enough that you can't get too enamored by splash plays. I think that the splash plays are good for the fans and I think they're they mean a little less to the coaches. They're they're good plays, but they're looking more so I think at traits, at technique, at playbook grasp. Consistency. Consistency. Yes. Yep. The splash plays are, are all good, but you can't be married to them. You can't live and die with the splash plays. And like let let's look at it. The way it is, he made a couple nice catches in a night practice, one really nice catch in a game. Okay, so three good plays, but how many more reps has he had, right? And those are the reps we're not watching. How is he doing on those reps? The coaches know. We might not know. So I'm still pumping the brakes on Harry, but you're right. The percentages have gone up just a little bit. We'll see what happens.
0: I'm pulling that quote. Sam Ekstrom says Nikhil Harry's odds and chances of making the team have doubled. Doubled. They doubled. You said it. They doubled. Three to six. No, I like it, man. All right, let's end with a fun one. We'll go around the NFC North real quick. All right, first one up. Lions rookie linebacker Jack Campbell graded out as one of the highest players of the entire NFL last week. Hmm. Brian Branch already made some highlight real plays with some monster big hits. And Jamar Gibbs looks like the real deal so Sam did the Lions crush their draft and could they have a Seattle Seahawks type rise in success like they did last year what do you think
1: yeah yeah I said this before I'll say it again they got great players like the players they got I think are going to be really good again positional value wasn't there so even so they got a great linebacker a great running back um, and a great safety If they have great players at those positions, is that enough to influence their win total? Um, I think the answer is is probably yes, but maybe not a tremendous amount. Um, But I think, yeah, you want to have talent on your team? It's a great way to do it. Get good football players. So uh, I I like those guys. I'm not surprised that they're succeeding in the preseason. I think Campbell probably wants to showcase those guys, build their confidence. I think the Lions probably put together a good draft, yeah.
0: Yeah, plus Jamison Williams, he's basically a rookie all over again for the most part. He missed a ton of time, including camp, OTAs, etc. last year. Sam Laporta, tight end from Iowa, reportedly already working with the ones. It seems like he's cemented there already. Most importantly, the guy flying under the radar who will continue to maybe all year long, and in Hooker. We love Hooker, Sam. I mean, that's our guy. So I think they've crushed this draft. But last year's as well, and unfortunately, I think there's a chance. Sam, we look back, we ask ourselves, what was Quasey thinking, trading inside the division, gift wrapping, bubble wrapped a guy like Jamison Williams, and then in turn ending up with Lewisine, Andrew Boot Jr. Next one up, Chicago Bears. Does Justin Fields have enough weapons to bring the Bears into contention in 2023? DJ Moore. Darnell Wright, a top-ten pick, tackle from Tennessee. A few more offensive linemen in the mix. But is it enough, Sam, in this pass-happy league? What do you think?
1: Well, I don't know if you saw their first preseason game, but Justin Fields goes 3-for-3 for for 129 yards and two touchdowns. little pitch-and-catch with DJ Moore, 62 to the house. Pitch-and-catch with Khalil Herbert, 57 to the house. It's a nice little formula. I don't know if it's sustainable, Luke, but for now the Bears look unstoppable. I think that it will hinge kind of on like Chase Claypool. Can can Claypool kind of reach his potential um, with... Sorry, we lost our rock music. Let me loop that. Um... That'd be a great wide receiver three. If Claypool can play his best, Darnell Mooney's already good. DJ Marr is already good, so that's a nice one-two-three punch. They extended Cole Komet. A lot of people scratching their heads at that, but he's he's a decent player. Robert Tunyon had a great year with Aaron Rodgers, so I think you're you're talking yourself into if all these players reach their potential, there is a da- that's a dangerous group, and they've got the secret weapon, Kari Blassengame, game, Vikings preseason legend at fullback. Uh, so it's better. It looks better than last year. That's for sure. The Bears are who we thought they were, Sam.
0: We let them off the hook. Nah. Uh, Chase beast, Claypool. Danny. I'll tell you what. If Chase Claypool doesn't get things going here, Velas Jones from Tennessee, rookie last year, or Tyler Scott, the rookie from Cincinnati, if you're in some dynasty leagues, I'd be drafting those guys with my very last pick. Those guys got some goods. Let's go to Green Bay here. For the love of God, Sam, will Jordan Love actually be good? I think
1: uh, you just want me to say yes or no, don't you? You want me to go there. You want I, me to be black and be white. I just want to be done
0: with this conversation.
1: No, it's not going to be good. good it's he not going to be good. good. They can't do it again. They can't. They he have can't. another guy step in and be the 15-year franchise quarterback. They can't. The law of averages says no. And hey, since we just talked about the Bears. Which group of skill players would you rather have, Bears or Packers?
0: Oh my gosh, what a great question. I got the Bears pulled up. DJ Moore, top 10 receiver. Just skill, not offensive line, just skill. I'd go the Bears. I think I'd go the Bears. I think you have to. Because I think Justin Fields gives me such a higher upside than Jordan Love. I don't necessarily, I'm not in the camp that just assumes Jordan Love is going to be terrible. I'm not there yet. I I just don't get the argument that, you know, he's not going to be good because he couldn't ever see the field. Well, wait a minute. Are you saying that because he couldn't leapfrog Aaron Rodgers, a future Hall of Famer, a two-time MVP in the last three, four years, that I'm supposed to consider him a bust? Like, that's mentally, I'm not there. Uh, He's got weapons. He's got a good offensive coach. He's at all the time in the world, which I love. And most importantly, go pull up the Packers schedule. First six, seven weeks. Oh my God, Sam. It's insane. If Jordan Love is even above average and that defense is top 10, they might be five and one. I'm just saying. I mean, that schedule is pretty soft when you look at it again, just the first half. All right, last one. What do you think fans of other NFC North teams are asking or saying about the Vikings right now? What do you think the hot topic nationally wise or in the division, right?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I think that Peter Bukowski has a very big platform and he's been on the forefront of calling the Vikings frauds. Um, and I think that that narrative has actually been pretty trendy regionally and nationally that the Vikings played unsustainable football. They lost a lot of key veterans. It would be very easy on paper to write this team off and say they're, they're retooling, right? When you lose... Thielen, Kendricks, Peterson, Zedarius, I'm forgetting some, Dalvin, Dal- both Dalvins, Dalvin and Dalvin, uh, very easy to say the Vikings are done for. I think it us who are more plugged in, or we who are more plugged in, probably grammatically correct there, are seeing, okay, there might be some suitable replacements, right? Like, they might be okay at running back, they might be okay at nose tackle, they uh, they've got some promising corners. So I think maybe there's even more optimism locally than there is regionally. But I think that other teams are probably thinking the Vikings are are gettable this year. They're they're everyone goes in is going in believing that they can leapfrog the Vikings and win this division title. I believe I looked at this too Luke on FanDuel. The odds to win the North are the most tightly bunched in the mm-hmm. NFC North of any division in football.
0: Wow. Wow. Yeah, I believe it. No respect. No respect nationally for Minnesota. And I'll tell you what, it's easy to see why. Not only the players that you mentioned, but I keep going back to these schedules because it matters. You win first place in your division, you're going to play first place teams around the conference. And this schedule, man, especially out the gate, is just so bonkers. And the elite quarterbacks that the Vikings defense is going to have to face this year compared to last year there's no more Andy Daltons and Mike Whites and guys like that anymore it's a real deal and the schedule is an absolute gauntlet uh that was fun man really good show great stuff per usual can't wait to pick your brain tomorrow and on Thursday's that more specifically because then we'll get all the reactions the reports from joint practices on the round table with Arif Hassan and Luke Brown and again We'll have all the training camp and preseason coverage all month long up on the Lockdown Sports Minnesota YouTube channel right here every day on the Minnesota Football Party. That's a wrap. Remember, like, rate, review, and subscribe to that YouTube channel. Join us every day for another episode of the Football Party, your one-stop shop breakdown of everything Minnesota Vikings. That's Sam Ekstrom. Follow him on Twitter, at Sam Ekstrom, and check him out every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Co-host of the Ron Johnson Show. Thanks for tuning in to the Football Party, part of the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Network. We're back tomorrow again with that mailbag edition with Kara Levin's Reggie Wilson. But until then, I'm Luke Inman on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman, signing out.